Welcome to the Brands Built to Impact podcast, where we believe business is simple, not easy, but simple. In each episode, I take you behind the scenes of what it truly means to reverse engineer success by having honest and candid conversations about marketing, impact, and entrepreneurship so that you can build a profitable, sustainable, and truly impactful business. Oh, before I forget, I'm Danae, serial entrepreneur, brand and marketing strategist, and believer in your big, bold dreams. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Brands Built to Impact podcast. I'm so excited that you're joining me for this episode in particular. I have one of my dearest friends, Kate McCarthy, back on to the podcast to talk with us about building a business on your own terms. If you'll remember, Kate was on the podcast during the very first episode to interview me for my origin story. So if you haven't had the chance to go and take a listen to episode one of the podcast, I urge you to go ahead and do that. But I finally get to give you a proper introduction to Kate. Kate is a former nonprofit lifer turned mentor and coach who's obsessed with helping wholehearted entrepreneurs and creatives build braver brands and businesses, navigate the mess and the magic of the entrepreneurial journey, and really show up for their businesses, for their people, and really, and most importantly, uh, for themselves. And we dive into for them, that for themselves part uh, in this episode. She's a self-described fresh air enthusiast and a host of A Braver Brand, the podcast. If you haven't taken a listen to that, I urge you to listen to that as well. And she lives out in the Pacific Northwest with her husband, Patrick, their two cats, and an adorable, adorable puppy named Tonks. I'm so excited for you guys to get to know Kate during this episode while she shares so many beautiful um, words of wisdom and so many nuggets and wit and gems throughout this entire episode. Um, as a person who sometimes struggles to take a step back and take inventory of myself as I'm building my business, sometimes it's hard to know whether you're really in alignment with building a business on your own terms or if you're building your business on the terms of what other people have set up for you. And so this episode was a wonderful reminder for me to always be checking in with myself. We talk so much about self-awareness, self-discovery, and the fact that when you build a business on your own terms is when you're able to make the most amount of impact. And that impact that you are so deeply desiring is what comes to the surface when you build a business on your own terms. So I'm super excited for you all to hear this episode. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Kate on building a business on your own terms. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for wanting to come back on because you interviewed me initially for my origin story and be on the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I said this a few episodes ago in that episode, but literally any chance I get to talk to you, I'm going to soak it all in and snatch it up. I'm just so, so excited to be back and to um, talk about something different, dive into a new topic. Yeah, me too. I'm so, yeah, I'm so excited about this conversation and I can't wait for us to really dive in and start talking about what it looks like to do business um, on your own terms. But before we dive into all of that goodness, how did you get started in your business, your entrepreneurship journey? What does that look like? And um, what does that look like now? Oh my goodness. I think um, for most of us, like you 
you incredible human. Like you knew somehow early on that you wanted to be an entrepreneur. For me, honestly, until I launched my business, until like the day before I launched my business, I didn't even know that I could. Um, I grew up and spent most of my early career in the nonprofit sector. I worked um, as a mentor for high school youths and um, I did housing and family support services um, and then found that I was like really, really burning out, um, mm-hmm. burning out very hard as tends to happen in the entre- in the nonprofit sector also in the entrepreneurial sector, FYI. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I knew that I needed to pivot. So um, I had actually uh, started working. I did like a temp job um, and decided that there was like this perfect amount of time for me uh, to really focus in on who I was and taking care of myself. And while I was doing that, I like discovered this underground world of online entrepreneurship, which like honestly had, I had no idea it even existed no mm-hmm. idea whatsoever. Um, and I got my certification in health coaching cause I was really interested in the, uh, connection between what we put in our bodies and our relationship with our bodies. I'm like a student of psychology all the way. I find it so fascinating and it's led a lot of my work. Um, and so I opened up my first business five plus years ago. Oh um, yeah, I can't believe it's been that long. And at the same time, like it feels like it's been forever as all good things are. Um, and so I opened that up about five and a half years ago and, um, loved it. I did what I called body love coaching, which is all about like how to heal your relationship with yourself. And we use nutrition as a piece of that, but, um, there was, I love that. Oh my goodness. That sounds amazing. Yeah. It was, I mean, honestly, the conversations I got to have were, remarkable. And it's what drove me in um, getting to create for such like a heart soaked business with such Mm -hmm. a pleasure. Um, But I got to this point where like things started to feel off. The things that I was creating just weren't like fueling me anymore. And I remember, I'm sorry, this is so long. Um, (laughs) I remember uh, I was about to launch a new program um, and I had written up this like really beautiful copy for it. I like had the sales page already and I was about to hit publish on the page. And I just felt this wave of like, I hope that nobody signs up. And sometimes we listen to our intuition. And I finally did in that moment and uh, realized that all of those months that had come before of like things not fitting, um, were a sign that it was time for me to shift into something else. So I closed that first business a couple of months after I got married, actually, and um, didn't really know what I was going to go into next. And what ended up happening, I thought I was just going to get a a nine to five, you know, see what comes next. And my mom ended up getting sick. So um, she's doing okay now. But I realized that I needed this entrepreneurial space allowed me to have the flexibility to be there for my family and to take care of them um, and to uh, be able to also take care of myself and feel creatively fulfilled. So um, with the gentle, not so gentle, pushing of a few friends in the entrepreneurial space, I um, launched a business in copywriting and copy editing um, because I've always been a writer and I've always loved it. And like I said, like um, 
being able to create and to write for that first business was such a thrill and I got to do it for other people. Um, and so since that point, which was October to December of, um, 2015, um, what started out as this editing and writing business has become just like this space of expansion. I've pivoted, let go of that copywriting piece of things and like moved fully into supporting what I call wholehearted entrepreneurs and creatives in fulfilling like their most joy-filled rebellious callings in a way that like curates and cultivates their like deep self-expression and um, deep connection with the people that they're working with. And uh, yeah, so that's the long and short of it. It's been a wild ride um, and it's cool to continue to like come into myself. I absolutely love your entrepreneurship journey. I've heard you tell it several different times because Mm -hmm. I know you and I just love hearing it every single time because it's just this beautiful journey of discovering what you are meant to be doing and just leaning into that. And it also shows that not everything has to start out one way and end that same way. It's this journey of figuring out who we are and leaning into that even more deeply as we uncover different pieces of ourselves and all of those good things. And so I just love your journey and and just hearing how it all leads to what you're doing now and just supporting, like you said, wholehearted entrepreneurs and fulfilling that deep rebellious calling, which I think is just so amazing. You know, I love it. <laughs> I know. And I think, you know, if I, if things had, had gone the way that I thought they would five and a half years ago, my life would be so different. I would be, I mean, it's probably still doing some form of health coaching, body love coaching, but also, um, my business has evolved with me. And so I think that sometimes like if our businesses aren't changing, it's also a sign that like, maybe we're not diving deep enough into knowing ourselves. Um, because as I evolve, my business evolves and vice versa. Yes. Oh yes. I'm so glad that you said that. Um, and that's so true regardless of whether it changes drastically and pivots in different ways, like it has for you, or even if you know that your calling is to be a photographer and Mm -hmm. you know that that's like the only thing you ever want to be doing, but as you evolve and change and grow that the way that you show up in your photography business, the way that you um, present that service to your audience, the way that you show up for them, it's completely different from the very first time that you're like, Hey, I started this business. Um, and you know, so I think that that is so important to know that and feel comfortable in that, that when we change and shift and grow as people, as we all do, that our businesses also do that. And it can look like little shifts and pivots, or it can look like big pivots and shifts as well. So I just love that you brought that up. Yeah. I think it's been a, um, there's been a little bit of shame in it, right? Like, cause I think that, uh, the way that things are presented on the internet (laughs) or that like (laughs) you should have this one thing and that's the thing, you know, just like devote yourself to this one thing. And like the majority of us got into entrepreneurship to not be doing one thing for the rest of our lives. Um, Mm -hmm. but even if we are allowing the shifts and changes in our lives and the way that we want to do the work to like really, um, that there's permission to lean into that. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's definitely that shame. I felt that even in my own pivots, I've been doing the same thing since I started, but 
I've gone through a few name changes and I've pivoted my audiences and kind of refined them as I've worked um, in my business. And there's always this feeling of, oh, there's like this shame attached to that. Like you, that's wrong and that you're probably not stable if you're not doing that, but that's actually not the case. The opposite is true that you're more stable if you're shifting and pivoting as you grow as a person and as a business. And so, um, yeah, that is so good. I love that. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. And I also think having been fortunate to watch your shifts, knowing you long enough, right. To watch how things have shifted for you from the outside, it just feels like everything deepens. Like, oh, every single shift for the people who know and love you and get it um, is like a, oh, this is just, I so recognize why you've shifted in this way or deepened in this way or why things are working um, in a new way. And it just feels like a, a realer, more honest version of yeah. yourself. And I think that we're constantly unfurling in that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally get that. I love that so much. Um, And so that's actually a really good segue into my next question for you, which is, what is it about entrepreneurship or um, the human experience that you really want us to start thinking differently about or thinking about in a new way that isn't something that most people are doing already or thinking about in in different or nuanced ways? What is that? What is that? There are a few things, of course. Um, I think first and foremost, and this has been one of those things that like, even as my own business has changed, this deep belief has not. Like the world desperately needs what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I know that we hear that, right? Like we hear things like, you can only, you're the only one who can do these things. And, but I honestly believe that, that it's true. That like, we need a world full of the most self-expressed, self-aware human beings. Um, and especially in the entrepreneurial space, which gives room for so much, um, growth and impact. Like we need you out there doing the work that you are meant to be doing in the world. And your work is like, there's nothing else that looks that way. Like it might present a certain way on Instagram or Facebook, but like deep, 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 it's all so unique and so desperately needed. And, um, a lot of my work comes from like being able to sit with people in like the discomfort of doing that brave thing. Because I think that being yourself anywhere is courageous, especially on the internet. And, (laughs) um, and so knowing that like when you are about to do the thing that like your heart is crying out to do, whether it is, um, being a maker or a coach or a designer or an artist, whatever it is, the more that you lean into that space, the more uncomfortable it's going to be. And that's um, so natural, but like, we need you to show up. So that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so, so true. And I think that, um, like you said, everyone feels and hears that phrase, like, oh, you are the only person who can do this and you need to show up because the world needs you. But I think it goes um, even deeper that, if we don't truly believe that and we don't have that message in other people like coaches yeah. and the people we work with truly believing that it kind of just becomes this on the surface thing that we always are hearing and not another cliche. Yeah. Right. And not really leaning into, um, 
as deeply as we should be. And then that allows us to show up in our own unique and individual way. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically doing business on your terms, on, on your own feelings and your own convictions and how you want to show up in the world. I think that's so important. And I feel like your work so beautifully exemplifies that because you show up in your own unique way all of the time and you encourage your clients um, to do that. And how does, how does that look for you in particular? Um, Mm -hmm. Or even how have you seen that show up for your clients, this feeling of, yes, I know my work is important. I know that what I bring to the world is necessary and it should be out there, but then I don't feel I don't feel like I'm doing that well enough, or even if they're feeling that way, or maybe they're not feeling like they're doing, they're showing up in the way that they want to or can show up. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Oh, so many feelings and so many thoughts. Um, but (laughs) I think that like, so my work is basically built on three pillars. The first pillar is self-awareness and identity. The second pillar is deep self-care and support. And the third pillar is taking brave action. Mm -hmm. And I think that it starts with that first pillar, quite honestly. Like I, so I come from a therapeutic background. I have training in um, systems therapy. I am not a therapist, but I have training in it and have loved that piece of things and really have seen the depth of value in knowing who you are. And so part of that is like, really knowing who you are and what you're about and what you stand for and then allowing your business to kind of flow out from that space. Um, and, and I was about to say something else, but it was just so good and so poignant. Um, (laughs) well, no, it's so good. Uh, what was I going to say? So it comes from, from that, Oh, from that piece of things, right? So knowing who you are, what you stand for, Um, and what you want to be known for and what you believe in, like knowing that that foundation has to be deep and you have to know yourself, but also, um, for myself and for a lot of the people that I work with, it's also like being able to recognize, recognize those signs of when you're not in alignment with what you're supposed to be doing. Um, I am a recovering perfectionist, full confession here and a recovering (laughs) people pleaser and good girl. So knowing all that stuff about myself, I know that I like really easily end up in places, um, doing things that like, don't really light me up that I'm good at. Sure. Um, but that it's not actually my joy filled rebellious calling. Right. Like, um, and so knowing those, those signs for me, it ends up being like a feeling of frustration or resistance or feeling like I'm boxed in or like wanting to like burn everything to the ground. You don't have to burn everything to the ground, by the way. Um, but when I have those, those little nods, whether they're like physiological or emotional, um, hints, like that's when I know that like my business actually isn't built the way that I want it to be built, that I'm not actually doing the work that I want to be doing and using those like little intuitive nods or physiological hints to get back on track, if that makes sense. And when I do, I become a better business owner, a better creative. I share content with more ease that is more deeply connected and I become a better person, a better partner eventually, hopefully a better parent. (laughs) Um, I'm not, I don't have children yet, but, 
uh, knowing when I show up for myself and my business in the fullest way possible, it affects every other element of my life. Yes, I completely understand that. And that resonates with me because I have felt those seasons where everything is like an uphill climb of doing something and feeling like this isn't what I should be doing or want to be doing personally. And I've done them because I felt like that was probably the right thing to do in that moment or the right strategy to implement. Um, But because I know you so well and we've had so many conversations, I'm very much in tune to when I feel like I don't want to be doing something. And I've always kind of been a rebel, I guess, in that way that I've always kind of not done things that I want. If I didn't want to do them, I just didn't. And so I am very easy to kind of jump into things like, oh, here's a new strategy or this new idea that I want to implement um, or feel like I should be doing because that's what I've been told or feel that pressure. Right. But I'm also very in tune to when I feel like "Hmm, probably not the best idea for me and walking away from that. So what are the things that you find you feel when you like the opposite of those feelings of like dread and um, those feelings of just feeling like it's like a a climb, you know, when you're doing stuff that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't align with who you are. And you're just like, Oh, I don't ever want to do this again. You know Um, what does that look like when that's not the case, like the opposite of that. I think, well, I think first of all, that there's a difference between that feeling that you were just describing, which I call the slog, right? Where it's like you're in quicksand and it's like mm-hmm. everything takes more effort mm-hmm. than it needs to be taking because there's like emotional resistance, mental resistance, and like, we're just not suited for whatever it is. Right. And that's not right to shame us. It's like, that's a, a signal. That's like a sign of like, Oh, if I listen to this, then I can get to know myself better. And then on the flip side, there's like the very natural discomfort of creating something that's scary. And sometimes those like physiologically have the same feeling. Um, So they can both kind of show up as like a tightness in the chest or like a procrastination, right? Like Mm -hmm. they can kind of show up the same, but there's a, a nuance behind between the slog and the necessary discomfort of courage. And so kind of for me, when I am so excited about an idea, but also like terrified out of my mind, that's the sign of courageous discomfort as opposed to the slog. When I'm dreading something, that's never a good sign. But if I'm just like feeling deeply uncomfortable and scared, that's a good sign, believe it or not. Um, yeah. And then I also like, I have physically, I have more energy. Mm. Emotionally, I have more energy and I'm more excited to talk about this thing. I find myself like looking in places um, and doing research in a way that is like fueling to me. Um, And I think that sometimes, again, like there's a difference between doing research when you're like, I'm so excited about this thing and I just want to learn everything that I possibly can about it. And like, the other side of research, which is like, let me download all of the freebies because what I am is not enough and what I'm doing is not enough. And I need to find, you know, the quote unquote, right, right, right way of doing things. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, it's a lot about like physiologically, am I lit up? Am I like motivated? And I'm feeling like deeply connected to this work. Things don't always 
flow easily because there's always going to be effort involved in anything that's worthy of doing. Um, but there's more ease, there's more flow, there's more excitement. And then when I am doing things that are scary, it's that like courageous discomfort as opposed to the utter dread. Yeah. I, yes, that's exactly where I was going with that question. Um, when do you know the difference between when it's something that isn't in alignment with who you are and what you want to be doing in your business and that feeling of discomfort when you should be leaning in because it's like, this is where you show up. This is where you follow that fear and do the thing. Um, And I love that you gave the distinction between what that looks like on either end. And I know also it can also sometimes look like procrastination and there's, um, there's different types of procrastination. So I wanted to really quickly touch on that. Like what does the nuance look like for that? Because I think sometimes we tend to look at a word and then have this blanket idea of what it looks like without understanding the nuance behind it. So, cause I know that there's been times when I've procrastinated because it was something that I should be pursuing. And it was like, okay, this is like a moment of um, courage that I need to go and do this thing that is really scary. But then there's other times when you procrastinate because it's just not what you want to be doing. So um, do you find that there's like a little nuance there of how to differentiate between those two? Or because um, I, I I find that that's like such an interesting thing for me to kind of um, deconstruct in my own head when I'm like, why am I procrastinating right. on this? What is like, what's, re- what's really going on? Right. Um, because that's usually procrastination is one of those two things. It's either something you're not in alignment with, or it's something that you need to be pursuing because this is like an evolution of like whatever it is that you're doing. And it's a totally. way for you to show up even more. Yeah. And I think, I actually think I would use two different words. Mm. Um, for them. I'm a word person. Um, <laughs> I think that like the kind of procrastination where you are putting things off because it's just not the right fit, um, that I would consider avoidance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it has an energy of not wanting to do this thing. Right. Right. Like just like avoiding this thing at all costs. And we tend to do things like I don't know. I do this. I'll, I'll claim it for my, myself. I'm like, I clean my workspace more than it needs to be cleaned. I spend way too much time on the internet. Like the things that I'm doing are also not helpful things for me to be doing. Like I can actively feel myself numbing or shying away from doing this thing. Um, and then I think you're right that there is this other form of procrastination where we're like, this thing has to get out in the world. Like we are so deeply called to like this thing, or we know that this is like the next courageous edge, right? Like, so for a lot of my clients, it can be something as simple as like, I'm going to send the first email to my list that I have in two years. And that is utterly terrifying. And I, for some reason, cannot figure out why it is that I can't send this dang email that has been written and edited and it's like ready to send out or the first Instagram post in a long time. Um, and I think that that, I think that we can recognize as, as fear. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I don't know how that feels for you. 
not just you tonight, but like you, the listeners as well, like it can feel like different things and you cannot know why you're so resistant to this thing. And I think that it includes, like, that's when we're called to like explore, like, why is it that I'm resistant to this thing? And then, haha, this is when pillar number two comes in, like the deep self-care and support. So whether you have a coach or mentor, whether you have an accountability buddy, somebody who knows you and gets you really well, or you are doing like the deep self-care work of like, when we're about to do something courageous, like we have to care for ourselves Mm -hmm. on the front end of that. So like figuring out like, is this like resistance, creative resistance, courageous resistance? Like, is this just the fear of like, what will happen when I send this thing or show up? um, in this bigger way. And like, how can I care for myself in like such a radical way that I'm given some energy to be able to do this scary Mm -hmm. thing and just swallow it. Um, whereas like, I think avoidance is, is a totally different feeling. Yeah. 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 I totally, um, I totally agree. And I love that you gave them different names to start thinking of that by so you can kind of know when you're doing either or because you know you know the feeling you're like yep this is totally avoiding yeah it's like avoidance or resistance that's what I would say yeah Yeah. I love that so what are your thoughts on so I'm big on knowing the business foundations that have made businesses work since the dawn of time Mm -hmm. I'm also really big on not just following any business trend or doing whatever the next guru is telling you you need to do or setting up funnels, like just doing all the things. I'm really against that. I am really for just understanding what it is that makes a business work and tick and then applying that however that looks for you. Um, How do you differentiate between, between doing business on your own terms and implementing things that resonate with you that are in alignment with who you are and how you want to run your business Mm -hmm. and just being resistant to doing things that you know, maybe not know, what's what I'm looking for here, Um, um, kind of resisting the things that actually make a business work. So as an example, if you just choose to, you know, build it and hope that people will come because you're not into like letting your friends know that maybe you have started a business or just some of those things, not even any particular thing, but um, how do you differentiate between that hiding and not actually going and running a business and actually running a business on your own terms, if that makes sense? Yeah, totally. And I think um, it's interesting, right? Like I love that what you brought up, it's like, there are all these business foundations and there are all of these strategies and tools. hmm that from that foundation, right, which is pretty consistent, like it's knowing what you're selling and knowing who you're right. selling to. And <laughs> yeah. Like there are then these, this plethora of strategies, tools, mediums, um, and spaces like platforms, right, that we can use in order to get that little nugget of a business idea out to the people that it is meant to help, which is your people. Right. And so I think one of the things that I think is really important, and I, you are like my favorite person to turn to for this because I, every time I think about it, I think about you, um, is like being okay knowing that all of this is a grand experiment. 
none of us like set out and know that like a sales funnel via email is going to be the right one for us or um, blogging is going to be the right one for us. So we kind of have to like hold our business with like a light grasp and know that like, you just have to figure out what tools work for you. Um, and sometimes you're going to try out a tool and you're going to feel like a really deep level of like emotional resistance to that. Right. So like, it will feel like every time you write a blog post, you just like, you want to run and hide because that's the feeling of dread. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, whereas like you could be one of those people who every time you get on IGTV, you just love it. Right. Those are two different tools, two different platforms. Um, and so without trying them, we don't necessarily know what works. And then using all of those hints of like, who am I going after? And like, really what's the best way of connecting with this person? Um, what feels the best, like what delivery method feels the best in this case? Like, and I'm not saying that everything has to feel good because not everything does feel good. Sometimes writing emails doesn't feel good and that's okay. Um, that's what we call effort. Didn't feel like a slog on a day-to-day basis or for months at a time, but like, that's what we call effort. Um, I think that allowing yourself to try out those things and then knowing what you know about yourself, um, allowing that to kind of inform which of those tools and strategies and mediums and platforms you decide to use. I think it's really huge. Um, uh, what are the names? Scott and Elise Grice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they talk about this thing called the spoon theory, where essentially like you, every day you wake up with a certain amount of energy, right? A certain like And each of the spoons are essentially like these measures of energy. And so for each of us, different forms of business take different amounts of energy and finding the ones that like you can most naturally flow into. If you know, based on your experience, based on experimenting, I think you have to do it first, um, that like video now that you've tried it is really not it, but writing is like how you connect best with your audience don't feel like you have to force video, right? Like if you hate writing, but like everything just flows when you talk out loud, maybe podcasting is where you're supposed to be, you know? Um, And I think that it allows us to take these things that can feel like shoulds and keep them light Mm -hmm. and let us try them out and then go in the direction of like, oh, that worked. And I liked it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I I was taking notes because you said so many good things in there. (laughs) So many golden nuggets. Um, Two of the ones that pop up the most for me was, first of all, making sure that you're thinking everything of everything like an experiment. And I um, love that you brought that up because then it makes you unattached to any one thing, any one strategy or tactic. And that's what I see so many people doing and then falling into this trap of running a business that looks nothing like how they want to run a business or running, right. offering services or doing things that they're like, I absolutely hate all of this. Like, I don't even want to do this anymore in my business or even where it gets to a point where like, I don't even want to do my business because it just doesn't feel like me anymore. And so when you think of everything like an experiment, it's like, okay, this is something we're testing out. It may or may not work out. And right. that's totally fine. And then we're going to see what happens with that. Um, 
And then the second thing was self-awareness, knowing yourself and knowing if that thing from the jump will be something that you're interested in even testing out. Um, Sometimes I think we are like, oh, well, I know that I'm not like a video person, but I'm going to do it anyways and see because this person said that I should do it. One sure thing and it was going to work for everybody. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like as long as you're doing it, even if to push yourself in terms of like, I'm not a video person, but I really want to push myself to see if this is something that I could potentially implement into my business. That's different than I watched this webinar. Now I have to do video because so-and-so said that video is the next big thing, even though I hate it and I never wanted to do it in the first place. Um, So kind of those two pieces like self-awareness and then that experimentation piece is so key. I've done, I tried to do video. That was not for me because the editing process took way too long. And I dreaded that. I was like, I cannot sit here and edit. I love video, but I realized that for me, I needed to wait until I could bring someone on that would be able to edit the videos for me. And Mm -hmm. I would just have to record them and then I could send them to someone else. And because I knew that that would be something that I needed to be able to produce video on a consistent basis. I was like, okay, this is not for me right now. Put that on the back burner. And whenever that happens to pop back up as something that's possible, I'll do it. Um, blog posts totally felt what you said about blog posts. It was, (laughs) I like writing, but it has to be not for business purposes. Like I'll write something for my own personal self or if I'm writing a letter or something, but to sit down and write a blog post was absolute torture for me. So I love that you said those things. And that's how I figured out that podcasting was for me. I experimented and then I was like, oh, hey, I don't have to be on video and I can just talk about the stuff I like. Right. This is amazing. And I think too, that like when you take those two things, that like level of self-awareness, knowing that we are like always going to be learning more about ourselves and that like experimentation, it also removes shame out of the equation, which that's, I think the most detrimental aspect of following the shoulds and the supposed tos and the, you get on a webinar and they say that you have to be on this platform because this is the next platform where you have to be posting however many times a day and however many places, ah, um, when those things don't work. And if they're not like really in line with who you are, if they don't like energetically feel like you are excited about doing this thing, even if you're scared, um, like if they don't feel, if they're not in line, right. If they're not aligned, they're not going to work with the same power that finding the way of doing business in your own way will. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening, like when you follow those shoulds and supposed to is you end up like things don't work out the way that you think that they're going to, or you like hit some kind of success and you don't feel great about it because it's still doesn't look the way that like you really wanted it to. And then you feel ashamed because it didn't work the way that it was supposed to. And something must be wrong with you when in fact it's not, it's just the tool didn't fit. Right. Yes. I love that you also brought that up because I feel like that's one of the things that keeps people from doing business on their own terms and really um, leaning into their strengths and um, their own convictions and um, where they want their business to head in the future is that feeling of shame because you feel like, well, it's working for all of these other people. Why isn't it working for me? Then you're on the cycle of looking for the next thing 
um, the next webinar, the next free download, the next thing that will give you another another insight into how to run right do this entrepreneurial thing when in fact it starts with that self-awareness of okay what am I really like really good at what am I where do I feel my strengths are and then finding those people who speak to that um I found the most success in doing that as opposed to first trying to find the thing and then trying to force it into my personality and who I am instead knowing myself and then finding the people that I'm like, oh, okay, they're doing something that looks like would work for me because I know myself. And that sounds like that would be for me, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of it is, it does, it's a process, right? So you have to give yourself like the permission to explore. Um, and it doesn't happen all at once. It's kind of like this grand unfurling, right. Of Mm -hmm. knowing who you are enough that you can recognize those other people in the industry who do business the way that you want to do business and might be using the tools that are helpful for you as opposed to like, you know, I know that Marie Forleo and I don't have a lot in common in terms of the tools that we're going to use because her energy is different than my energy. Like, and that's fine. Um, so why would I necessarily use all of those tools? I'm not going to start Katie TV. Um, I'll stick with my podcast for now. Um, <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I think allowing yourself to get to know yourself over time um, actually produces like the deepest, most impactful results. And I think that that's like, I may be wrong. I think I'm right. But like your audience and my audience are people. Like that's that's the goal, right? Like when we do business our way, that impact that we dream so desperately at, like that that's, ugh, that's what ends up happening. Yeah. As opposed to like scratching the surface or going in weird circles. I absolutely love that. You were talking about knowing yourself and allowing that process to kind of unfold over time. And I know that that happens for each person in their own time and kind of just personally, it's just like a thing that happens as you're figuring things out. And sometimes it's like a fast learning about yourself. And sometimes it's like this really slow, um, winding journey. Neither one is wrong. That's just the nature of humanity. But what have you found that are really good ways to just kind of check in with yourself as, especially asking from a person who genuinely enjoys working. Like I love working and, and it's just something that brings me really great joy. I can get lost in my work. So what have you found that are, I've been more intentional about like stepping away and taking the time to check in and be like, Hey, what's happening in the world of Dunnite? And you know, um, how can we check in here? What are tools or even just like practices or things that you've implemented that just allow you to kind of check in with yourself and, and, um, lean into that journey. You're not going to speed it up or anything, but just lean into that journey of like discovering yourself and learning more and, um, becoming more self-aware. Oh, so many things. Um, I think honestly, like what has been incredibly helpful for me is having, um, building out a support system that has been really, uh, beautiful. It is not, despite the fact that I can talk for 
hours with you. Um, like it's not actually natural for me to feel like I can share about myself. Um, and be fully myself. So finding people, therapists, mentors, coaches who are able to be there for me and reflect my truest self back. And for me, that's been um, a journey of finding the right therapist, of finding the right mentors, of finding the right coaches, um, and then surrounding myself with a group of friends who are able to see and celebrate what is best about me mm-hmm. as opposed to what is worse, which is where myself, you know, my inner critic goes most naturally. Um, so I think that's been really huge. And then other pieces have been like, I don't, um, when I was writing professionally, when I was doing copywriting, I found it really difficult for me to write for myself, um, to do any journaling because like literally any more words, I couldn't find space to put them out there. Um, but since I've closed that window of my business, I've returned to writing. Um, even if it's lists, right. Of like making sure that whatever is in my head gets out onto a piece of paper, um, a few times a week, making sure that I like get still long enough, um, to go there. I have found that meditation has been really helpful in terms of becoming more self-aware and, um, keeping things in priority and like keeping the things that are of the utmost priority, like centered in my life. in my off time, I, um, love being outside and I love being with my family. And those are the ones that like the biggest learning in terms of being self-aware and coming back to myself and not getting swept away in the world of online entrepreneurship has been like literally just going outside for a half an hour Mm. to check in with myself and be like, okay, what am I excited about going back to? What do I need to like step away from? And then getting to know, honestly, like the biggest piece for me has been getting to know my physiology. So getting to know and listen to it. So like there are moments, I don't know about you, but like when I am creating or brainstorming that like I can feel the flush of resistance or feel like I'm desperately going after something. And that feels differently inside of my body than the things that, that flow out more naturally. Does that make any sense? And so getting to know those clues has been the biggest help in like allowing myself to process and not rushing it. You're right. Like I think allowing myself the time and knowing that I can create, even though I don't know the answers, like I can still put things out in the world, even though I don't know myself fully because nobody knows themselves fully. We still have like our whole lives ahead of us. Um, so allowing myself to put myself out there and know that I'm a work in progress while listening to those internal and external clues. Mm, I love yeah. all of those. I love all of those things. And I love that so many of them are just things that you're doing consistently, just like checking in with yourself or just allowing yourself to do those things on a regular basis. Because I know so many people, um, myself included, who can sometimes wait until we're at the point where we're like, I hate everything. And like, maybe this is a time to journal as opposed to maybe had I been journaling the past six months, we wouldn't be here, but I digress. But (laughs) I love that that's, but I like that you mentioned that because that can happen so easily if we're not self-aware and if we're not like looking at things as an experiment, like we can, I mean that, I feel like that's what happened with my first business is I got so far in it 
that I couldn't see my way out of the weeds. And I didn't listen to those early nudges, <laughs> which might've made for smaller pivots or an earlier exit or whatever. Um, I didn't listen to those. And then I was, you know, two years into it and wondering how the heck I got here and it was time to burn everything down. Yeah. yeah. I like that you mentioned that. Yeah. I think that was for me in entrepreneurship, um, in my entrepreneurial journey. I think that's my one saving grace is that I've from day one have looked at everything like an experiment because when I was in school, I was, I was like top level nerd and I would just be head down work all the time. And then I'd be like, "Mm, actually, I don't know why I took this class because I hate it and (laughs) realize why this is happening right now. And it was because I didn't have, I didn't give myself the emotional space and time to be like, what is going on? What's happening? What are you feeling? And just bearing those feelings. And I think we can do that so easily in um, our businesses if we don't take the time to come up for air regularly and say, how's everything feeling? Even if everything feels really good, uh, just knowing what that feels like too is so important. Like, oh, it feels in alignment. Like I'm doing things the way I want to be doing them Um, and not just coming up for air when we're drowning and we're like, okay, everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that recognition of what is working and the celebration, like that's a huge part of my work is like, what is going right? And like, how are you like celebrating that? Because all of that grows. And like, if we're not appreciating what's going so well and what feels so like, you know, when you're in like the right spot, yeah, where like time somehow goes away and you're just like, so in it, like if we're not recognizing how immensely beautiful it is that you can exist in that moment, ugh, we're like doing ourselves such a disservice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, we are, we focus too much on the negative and so much of the marketing noise is negative and even the copy is so negative, even if it doesn't seem like it, um, Mm -hmm. it is because it starts off by telling you all the things wrong with whatever it is that you're doing and you're sold a solution at the end. But that puts you in that headspace where you're really just looking for what's wrong all of the time, as opposed to being like, oh, what's actually working right. And so um, I learned that in my entrepreneurial journey, that that's something I need to do regularly. Because when I first started, I was not celebrating anything. I was like, oh, on to the next goal, (laughs) on to the next task, like not recognizing, oh, this was like really good. And this month felt really (laughs) amazing. Like I got to do X, Y, and Z. And that felt really in alignment, not even giving myself the chance to think about that and just being like, okay, what's next? And so, um, yeah, I love looking up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also, uh, for, I take a week off every summer um, and go somewhere where there is no cell reception. So I also find that those breaks of being able to celebrate what has come and get kind of recalibrated again has been really helpful, especially when it comes to like marketing stuff, because it's really easy to get swept up there, um, to figure out what it is that I'm excited about still and what has been working. But that, that week long, like pause of sitting up, stand, like I'm not connected to my phone at all, which is like such addictive qualities for me. Um, but I love that idea of like, just 
pausing and recognizing um, what's working, what's not, and like taking that time off is huge. Yeah, yeah. I 1000% agree. I've been trying to implement weekends where I don't have my phone. Like I just put it on silent and put it in a drawer and forget it exists. And those it's are so, so hard. It's so hard, but also so refreshing when I can do, I actually just recently got the um, app called forest. Um, oh. It's a paid app, but I was willing to pay for it because I'm really committed to reducing the amount of time I'm on my phone. Mm-hmm. It's like two bucks, but every time you pause your phone, like you put it up for a certain amount of time, let's say you don't want to look at your phone for two hours, whether it's working or you're just hanging out with friends, you can um, start it and then it will like grow a tree in the oh. <laughs> it's a virtual tree and you get oh, to like, I, I know I was, of course, I'm a science nerd. I was like, give me all the trees. <laughs> and you basically, <laughs> you get to plant like a forest and there's something so visually incredible about seeing how much time you've not spent on your phone. And then if you get on your phone before the time like ends, it kills your tree. And that's like, oh. really, that's really disappointing when it's like, you've killed your heartbreak. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. Um, <laughs> but it's so, it's for me visually, it's so helpful. And they also plant real trees once you hit a certain number of um, trees or something like that, which is also awesome for the environment. So I've been really loving that app. I just put that on when I went trying to do like deep work and not look at Instagram, knowing that when I go back on my phone, it like gives me a note and it's like, go back to your work. And I'm like, okay, the tree is still growing. Let me go back to my work. So Instagram will still be there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It'll be there forever. It'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. I've been doing that and it's been super, super helpful because it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Mm -hmm. I agree. What would you say to people who may be listening to this episode and they feel like, okay, definitely have not built a business that I'm excited about, or they're feeling like, oh, I've done that way too many times in my business. And they're maybe panicking a little because there is that certain level of panic when you realize you've put all this energy into maybe doing video or showing up every day on Instagram and you realize like, that's not really my jam. It's not what I want to be doing. doesn't feel in alignment and they're panicking, maybe feeling badly that they've gotten themselves in that position. Um, what would you say to someone who's in that space of how do you navigate back out of being in a place where your business looks nothing like how you actually want it to look? First of all, I have been there. Like all of, I mean, all of us have been there somehow finding ourselves in this box of our own making, right? Where things are not the way that we thought they were going to be. And I think that um, for a lot of us, there are deep levels of shame and guilt and um, stuckness and discouragement and frustration that come along with that. And um, the question of like, okay, well, I'm here now. Like, is this just, (laughs) is this just who I am now? Is this just the life that I'm leading now? Is this just the business that I have now? Um, or can something change? And I think that it can feel really scary to acknowledge that something needs to change. So first of all, massive props for recognizing that something doesn't fit. Massive props. Like that's not a small thing to recognize that something has to give, that something has to change. So make sure you celebrate that first of all. And then know that our businesses, we like, we weren't built 
to build businesses that didn't fit right. We weren't built to build businesses that didn't allow us to get our most impactful work out into the world. Um, We didn't build businesses to like put like literal blood, sweat, and tears into in order to find ourselves in a place that like sucks our soul every day. Like there are other easier (laughs) ways of finding yourself in that box and you don't have to stay there. And I think the first thing to do is to acknowledge that something's not working and then to, um, to find your way back to yourself, to like do a little bit of digging around what doesn't fit. Um, I find for myself like that having another voice to be able to bounce ideas off of is really helpful. Even if it's just a friend in the industry, um, that, you know, sees you for who you are. Um, but it's not hopeless. Like we've all been there. I will for sure be back there again because I will have, you know, made a misstep, experimented with something and held on to it for a little bit too long. And that's okay. There's full permission to pivot, to close, to open up new doors, to try something new. Um, and it is all about just kind of getting yourself into that space where you can make that leap and choose yourself and choose the business that fits for you. Um, I find that doing a lot of like self person, like personal work is really important during those times and having somebody who can see you through that is, um, huge, but yeah, that's what I would say. You're not alone. Definitely. I love that. And it's, and it can be especially hard for people who have built a successful business doing something. Um, because I know that, um, there've been people who are like, I'm getting consistent clients. It's a pretty profitable business, like, but I don't like it and I don't want to be doing it. And so there can even be greater, greater levels of like disappointment and shame when that's the case for you too. So just, um, knowing and acknowledging that that's okay. And that, um, kind of maybe reframing that this was an experiment that was Mm -hmm. turned out to shake out pretty well, but not the experiment for you. And so, yeah. And to be fair, like you don't, you don't necessarily have to burn everything to the ground. You know, like for some people, the right choice is to close whatever wing of that business it is. Right. But for others, maybe there are subtle nuances, little pivot points that you can shift that like, yes, it's going to be different than it was before, but it doesn't mean burning everything to the ground. It can just make a few little shifts where all of a sudden you're free and you didn't even know that you could be again. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Especially because that's our first instinct as entrepreneurs is to be like, well, this didn't work out. I'm going to torch it. We'll start again tomorrow. And it's like, no, we don't. It's okay. We don't have to do all that. Um, Cause it could just be that one piece of that thing isn't really lighting you up. Maybe it's I tried to sell this course or do this course and it turned out pretty well or didn't at all, but still that's not really what I want to be doing. But the rest of what you're doing has been great and you love all of that. And there's just this one little piece. So um, yeah, like Katie said, kind of thinking through what those things are and realizing whether it's the whole thing or just bits and pieces and kind of leaning into um, your feelings and um, your intuition as you kind of decipher all of that. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I mean, it's not, um, light work. I mean, it, no, it leads to, it leads to some beautiful things, but it's, it's deeper work. Um, and I think that we have to be courageous enough to look at things 
honestly. Um, and to say, you know, like, I think that the, this is why I've gotten myself here. And it also can be the answer for how I get myself out of here. Mm. So. Oh, I love, I love that. Self-awareness is so great. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And even hard. <laughs> yeah. So, so hard. And as a person who loves numbers and data and going by strategy and what I can see tangibly in the numbers, um, this can be really hard, especially for if some of you are out there and you're like, that's me, um, leaning into what you know and feel can be really hard because you want to be like, well, the numbers don't show that. And um, that's how I felt with my rebrand. I was like, this doesn't make, it made sense strategically in the long term, but in the moment I was like, well, I've already done so many things with this brand and these are the numbers and these are like the facts and all of these things. Um, and then at, at the end though, I had to be like, okay, I see all of this, but what do I know? Like deep down mm-hmm. inside is like the right decision. And that can be hard for, um, some people. So I love that you, um, you, uh, touched on that a little, it's like kind of self-awareness is so important mm-hmm. that that's the most important piece of figuring that out. And sometimes that defies the numbers and all the things and all the advice and, uh, and strategies and tactics, but knowing yourself will always be something that you can, um, lean on and will always steer you in the right direction. Um, yeah, yeah. I so agree. I love, mm. that. I love all of that. Any last thoughts for, my listeners, any last little bits of wisdom? I could talk to you forever because you have so many. I've been taking, yeah. I've been furiously taking notes over here because um, I learn so much every time I talk to you. But any last nuggets of wisdom you want to leave my audience with? No, I think I just would like to reiterate what I said at the beginning that the world desperately needs what you have to offer um, and finding a way to get it out there in a way that only you can do is what is going to help you meet those particular people who need you most consistently. So I know that uh, we've talked about like some kind of like deep and (laughs) tough topics, but um, knowing that like, I don't even know you, but I wholeheartedly believe in you, um, which might sound like so strange, but like, that's why I love entrepreneurs and creatives and creators so much is that the vision is so beautiful and the work that you do is so needed. Um, and it is just the greatest honor to be able to bear witness to that and support it when I can. Mm, I love that. That's so powerful. Katie, where can everyone come and find you? Because I'm sure they will (laughs) be banging down your door after this episode. This is so powerful. Um, yeah. Where can everyone find you? Come find me, come find me. Um, so my home base on the internet is katekmccarthy.com. Hello. It was designed by our beautiful hostess, Denise Burra. Um, and uh, it's got all the, all the good stuff there. But um, the places that I actually hang out the most, if you want to come and hang with me, are Instagram at katekmccarthy, or you can find me on my own podcast. Uh, which is called A Braver Brand with Kate K. McCarthy. And it's on all of the places that you can find 
podcasts, Spotify, Apple podcasts, all of those things. And, um, we focused on, uh, sharing and amplifying the stories of people who are doing business differently and the different ways that, um, you can show up in the world, which I think gives us all permission to be able to find our own thing. So come find me there. I love all of this. I will be linking everything in the show notes for you all so that you can just find Kate with just a click. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And thank you so, so much for wanting to be on here and chatting with me about this. This has been amazing. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you. You're wonderful. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the episode. I am so, so grateful for you. If you haven't had a chance to do so yet, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you get a notification every time a new episode drops. If you're so inclined, feel free to leave a review. I would be forever grateful. Thanks again, and I'll catch you in the next episode.